Industrial Talk is brought to you by Palo Alto Networks. Palo Alto Networks offers zero trust for your operational technology without the PTSD. If you're in the digital transformation game, keeping operational technology secure and running smoothly is a tall order. It's enough to make any coolest operations director wake up in night sweats. Palo Alto Network's Zero Trust OT security delivers comprehensive visibility and security for all OT assets, networks, and remote operations. It provides best-in-class security while simplifying OT security management. It sees and protects everything in the network, and it automates threat detection while implementing Zero Trust across all operations. So sleep better at night knowing you have the most comprehensive platform to detect, manage, and secure your OT assets. Learn more about the Palo Alto Network's Zero Trust solution. Go out to paloaltonetworks.com. That's paloaltonetworks.com. Find out more. You will not be disappointed. Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to Industrial Talk. Thank you very much for joining the number one industry-related podcast in the universe that celebrates industry professionals all around the world because you're bold, brave, you dare greatly, you innovate, you collaborate, you solve problems. That's why this platform celebrates you. All right. This is a marketing conversation. This is why industry needs to do a better job at marketing. We are talking to Chris Peer. He is the author of The Great Eight Pillars, as I show it on the video. And uh, I read the book. And you know what it's about? Yep. Marketing, but nuts and bolts. Let's get cracking with the conversation. Yeah, I devoured it. It was a great book. You need it. It's out there on Industrial Talk. The link you can get it at Amazon. So that's that's one thing. And and what I did like about it was that throughout the book, you you can you can download templates and and how Chris and his team look at marketing challenges. Right there, right now. Definitely an absolutely wonderful book to get for your library. But it's not just that. I, I dog-eared it. I, I, got, I got dog ears in this thing to say, go back to this one, reread it. Um, and I was out on the website, and I was downloading and doing all of the stuff that is necessary to get the most out of that book right there. All right. In light of all of the marketing stuff that we're doing because I think it's important. I think it's vital for sales. I think it's something that done properly truly impacts the bottom line. And as the book says, ROI. Uh, so we, we just got to up our game, up our game. And, and there are tools and techniques and strategies out there that uh, definitely do that. Now, with that said, go out to Industrial Talk. I have... Um, out there, uh, the Industrial Academy. And we're going through uh, a marketing series right now. Not just marketing, but why you need a podcast. There's a number of uh, courses out there that uh, it, that I think is just important for you to, to start to consume. It's everything that I've learned over my 3,000 plus 
conversations and how um, taken industrial talk and how to market it and it's it's all there it's a, I'm, I'm an open book i'm not gonna hold anything back and uh, my strategies but it's all out on industrial talk as well as everything else and if you need to be a part of some ever expanding ecosystem that's what industrial talk is all about join be a part of it you have a podcast put it out on industrial talk that you know get more traction greater influence that's what that's what it's all about you have to succeed and and the industrial talk is just passionate about your success everything that you could possibly do so you need to get a hold of me it's easy there's it's painless just go out say you know let's talk or contact or whatever it is there's there's buttons out there and just reach out to me and we can have a conversation. It's a simple, painless Zoom conversation. And I was like, yeah, what do you want to do? Oh, hey, that's great. You know, that, that's about the extent of it. It's just like this. Just what I'm doing here. All right, let's get on with the conversation. Chris Peer, The Great Eight Pillars, his book. And uh, we chatted through pretty much all of the pillars to a certain extent, more than some more than others. And... Uh, You'll be better for it, most definitely. Matt Skills, his team at, uh, well, the grade eight pillars, um, definitely worth connecting. Everything out on Industrial Talk, so let's get cracking. Chris, welcome to Industrial Talk. Thank you very much for joining. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Scott. Thanks for having me on. I'm so happy that you did find time in your schedule. Listeners, we connected uh, last year. Ha, 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 I had to say it. It's an ongoing joke. Ha, ha. And... Uh, he has a book, and uh, it's all around marketing. So I'm all geeky about it. And, and and I said, Chris, you need to share it with you guys. So there, that that's the story. That's what I'm sticking to. All right, before we get into the book and all of the great, great information, give us a little background, Chris, on who you are. Uh, sure. So uh, my name is Chris Peer. I am a, an entrepreneur. I own two different businesses. I'm an author, a father an avid bass fisherman. Um, <laughs> but what, what I'm really uh, passionate about is helping manufacturing companies to grow. And that's really what I've based my career off of. See, it's an interesting uh, conundrum, right? I'm a manufacturer. I, I got into manufacturing because I like manufacturing these things. And I'm really hot into these things. And I, and I, I suspect that because I make the best thing, that everybody's just going to be knocking down the door, and that's just not the case. It could be the best thing, don't get me wrong, but if if you don't uh, deploy some strategies around how to get people knocking on the door, then well, just nobody comes to it. It's like yeah. it's it's in, and and we're going to have a link to his book out there because he was so kind and wonderful. He sent me a copy. Is this out on Amazon? It is on Amazon. Yep. Okay, so I'm going to have the link uh, to his book out on Amazon. So fear not, get it. I've got my dog ears all ready to go. I rifled through it. Excellent job. His picture doesn't look like his picture or his video picture right here. That's a different picture. <laughs> but anyway, all good. And what I, I truly enjoyed about the book was the fact that it is nuts and bolts. It's, it's the way I like to think. It's not something ethereal. It's like, no, don't do these things. Do this and these are the reasons why, and this is why you track it. And this is, this is good stuff. 
you know? And so with that said, give us a little just, you know, background on why you said this book needs to be written. Yeah. So it's a quick story. Um, so I, I started my marketing agency in 2002, so just over 20 years ago. And over that time, we worked with hundreds of different B2B organizations, mostly in the industrial space. So manufacturing, transportation, logistics, warehousing, distribution, and service firms. And what we realized was we had customers that were wildly successful with marketing, and then we had clients that weren't. And a couple of years ago, right before COVID, my new VP of sales came into my office and said, he said to me, he's like, Chris, I'm reading our case studies. How are we getting these results for our clients? He's like, are they real? And I, I started laughing. I said, well, of course they're real. We're not lying in our marketing collateral. I'm like, and his name is John. He's a co-author of the book. And John said, uh, well, we need to define how we're doing this. And there's a whole long story behind it, but he came back a couple months later and he said, Chris, we need to figure this out. How are we doing this? And I said, I really don't know. Um, and so we went on a mission to figure out why some companies were wildly successful with marketing. And when I say successful, I mean, got a return on investment from marketing that was able to be proven through new sales yeah. or have heaven higher forbid, average Heaven forbid that... <laughs> actual provable data and information with marketing, heaven forbid, continue. Yeah. So um, we spent about 18 to 24 months diving into every single client and looking at whether they were successful or not and what they had in place. And at the end of the, the process, we actually were very shocked. We thought it was going to come down to marketing tactics or like social media or email marketing or whether they were done properly or not. And what we were shocked to find is that we landed on eight different core categories. We call them the grade eight pillars. And they all really have to do with your marketing operational infrastructure. So once those things are in place and those companies that had those operational components in place, they were much more successful with marketing. And we decided to write a book about it. All right. Take us through. I, because the, the book is called The Grade Eight Pillars. Not nine, eight, not seven, eight. And uh, which I like the, the, the sub tagline is ROI driven marketing and manufacturing companies. That is a target. And whether we like it or not, you want a return on investment, period. Yep. No other way of getting around it. Take us through that. So how do we start working through these pillars? Yeah, so the the book outlines you know, how to go about it, but in essence, it really comes down to your people, your processes, your software, and your systems. See, this um, is when when I read about that, I just said, "Duh, duh." Continue. Sorry. <laughs> no, it. I think the one thing that most the most comments I get about the book are that "duh." Kind of comment. It's like, okay, this is pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Why haven't I been doing this all right? Long? It's it's just a classic, classic. Yeah. And sometimes it's those things that just hit you in the face and go, this isn't, this doesn't need to be more complicated than than yeah. it needs to be. So, I'll give you an example. In the last twenty-one years, twenty-two years that I've been in business with my my agency, 
Not a single prospective customer has come to us and said, here's our existing marketing strategy. Can you help us implement this? <laughs> and we're talking about, you know, companies that are oh, yeah. 5 million in revenues to a billion in revenues. Not a single one has done that. Um, and because most marketers and most agencies, they don't know where to start. So they want to jump in and start feeling good. So they start doing tactical work. I call it whack-a-mole style marketing. Yeah. And so as, as, as you read the book, you'll find that it's, it's a pretty self-explanatory process of let's get the right goals in place. Let's make sure your value proposition and your messaging and your branding can support those goals. Get a formal marketing strategy developed, right? Or make sure that you have the marketing team in place to pull it off. Make sure your website supports it. Make sure you got analytics and reporting to support it, your tech stack, and then templates and guides to support you. But it's not sexy. It's that's not sexy stuff. It's <laughs> like it's like you, you got to do it, and, and that's what was so interesting because I know well as I did, uh, you know, I'll be the first to jump into something that's flashy and dazzling, and forget about all the the process. Yeah, you know. So with that said, we, we've got. You, you've laid them out, and and right off the bat, you got your KPIs, and 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 that's just you got to to do that right, then and, and to make sure that it's not fluff and real real KPIs that you can measure. How to take us through that? So, if you're going to have ROI driven marketing, you need to know what your return on investment needs to be. So, you need to know what you're starting with. So, and by the way, before I go any further, our website is g8p.co and everything I'm about to talk about, you can download free tools and templates from the website. There's no cost, there's no obligation. And these are the tools that we've built over the last 20 years and modified for two decades. So they're really solid tools. Yeah, I've already taken advantage of it. <laughs> yeah, no, and it, they work. They do, and it's like I'm glad somebody did this because starting from scratch is just like oh god, oh that's rough. So the first thing we do, Scott, you asked like what's what's how do we create these goals? Is we talk about a 10x ROI goal. So you know you should always shoot for the moon, right? So if you were to invest a hundred thousand dollars and you could get a million out of it, that would be beautiful, right? Well, many of our clients have gotten a 3x, a 5x, a 10x, even a 27x return on investment. So from their marketing investment. So you got to start by understanding what is your marketing investment so you can set a baseline. So we, <laughs> what you want to be is the worst marketing. Just you have no marketing. And then all of a sudden, you're just going to get multi-x ROI just because you're doing something right. <laughs> that's the goal. Yeah. It is. It's good. Continue. So you follow the templates, um, but, but basically we start off by saying, what's your current marketing spend and investment? Multiply that by 10. There's your 10x goal. Okay. Now, what are the KPIs or the key performance indicators that you need to track along the way? So we have recommended key performance indicators that you track and each chapter dives into them further and further. And then you, there's a marketing strategy template you can download to help you build out this marketing strategy. The book outlines how your marketing team should be structured and so on and so forth. 
you know, I think if you follow the the book, it is pretty nuts and bolts and it's pretty it much. Is. Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And because it was that and is in it, it's, it's stating the obvious and, and I'll be as guilty as anybody else. Um, I've run companies, I've had companies and I have to say it was only until recently within the five years or something, recognizing that marketing is so vital and doing it right. And then there's just so, so many, I guess, distractions that can exist. Yeah, we want to market. And then you get distracted and, and it just doesn't really pull it. And then all of a sudden mm -hmm. you're looked at as an, an expense, as opposed to a, a, uh, something that's, you know, impacting the bottom line in a positive way. You're an expense. Well, you know, why? Anyway, continue <laughs> with the eight pillars. That, I, I'm telling you, I ate it up. Yeah, no, and I think what you're talking about, Scott, is it is simple. Um, a lot of people ask me who the book was written for. And it's really written for the marketing and sales leader. Um, this isn't a tactical marketing book. This isn't how to do marketing tactics like social media or SEO or email marketing or any of those other things. Right. This is about how you build your marketing operation. And I've had several CEOs read the book and I, surprising to me, I thought it was a very great compliment. They said, Chris, by reading your book, I now know how to manage my marketing team. Yes. I know what to expect from marketing. I know what questions I should be asking and I know what my agency should and shouldn't be doing. And so just having that peace of mind, I think, is gets gives me a lot of satisfaction. I have to say that I, in, in the companies that I've run, never, I never had any conversations wrapped around marketing. I just assumed that marketing was getting done. Here, go, be marketer, whatever yeah. that looks like. And... uh that's just not the case. It's just not the case. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And even in like um, pillar number six, we talk about analytics and reporting. When we talk about the marketing leaders and the marketers themselves, we want marketing to be elevated. We want leadership teams to look at marketing as a value-added growth tool, you know, in, in their toolbox. And so the reporting that we map out, and you can download a reporting template on our website as well, those reports are meant for senior leadership to review and you review with them so that they can see what you're doing and how things are working and what you're trending towards, which then leads to more involvement in marketing, more investment in marketing. And so it's a great snowball effect. It's not a little black box. And, and especially in the world where you can have insights and data that is giving you the, the 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 information you need to be successful. I always look at it nowadays, not not in the past. The past, I wasn't good. Today, maybe I'm a little bit better. But it's it's something that you have it in place. It will always be able to be that machine that allows you to continue to bring in value. If you look at it, if you have, yeah. you bring up some couple of good points in the book is you have to budget for it. And a lot of people don't 
properly put money around the effort. Again, it's a misperception of what marketing is. But you're saying, hey, properly capitalize it and and put these things into place and follow the process, follow the steps. So, you know. well, you know, I think especially in the manufacturing space and in the industrial space, marketing has always been smoke and mirrors. And in, in those industrial businesses, most business dealings were done face-to-face -face through relationships and salespeople owned that relationship process. And what's happened over the last 15 years is that salespeople don't own the sales process anymore. The buyer owns the buying process. And buyers don't care as much about those relationships as they used to. These younger folks are coming in um, to the workforce and they, they, they're on a mission. They're busy. They have high expectations of themselves and their employers have high expectations of them. They don't have time for this. So they want to make the decisions quickly. So what do they do? They're going to the internet. They're doing all their research there. And if you're not seen online as a thought leader and you're not using these tools, you're a dying breed. Um, that's why you're seeing so much change, especially in the manufacturing space, like with manufacturers reps. They can be great, but those are relationship people. And as these new folks come in to the purchasing environment, they, they just don't put as much value on it. Yeah. It, I think that that's a real important component. I mean, and, and you've been in the business for 20 plus years you've recognized that there's been pretty significant change taking place in industry as a whole, especially manufacturing. Yeah. That's a good point where I, and, and I'll be, I'll be the poster child for that. I don't, I don't have a problem with going out. If I'm looking for a, I have a problem, that problem needs to be solved. So I'm going to go. My first step is not trying to call somebody. My first step is the internet. Then I'm trying to find the four or five solutions. Yep. And then maybe I'll call. Maybe. So you yeah. better have that. Uh, I don't know. You better have a compelling. You talk about it. Your value proposition. It better It better tackle my eyes. It better just grab it, pull it out of my head, and tackle. Yeah. Take yep. us through. I mean, that that's. Is, is a value proposition static or dynamic? It's dynamic, but to a degree. It shouldn't constantly be changing week to week, but year to year it may change. Let me, let me, let me explain why. So value proposition, messaging, and branding is pillar number two. It's pillar number two for a reason. You got to have an ROI goal. That's number one. But once you start to think about your marketing, if you don't have a strong value proposition, you won't convert sales. You won't convert marketing leads into sales qualified leads. And the sales qualified leads aren't going to be going to proposal and quote because they, if buyers don't know how you can help them survive or thrive or fix their problem, they're not going to talk to you and waste time. So Scott, to answer your question specifically, when companies sit down to build out a value prop. 
it's a very complex process. And again, we have a template for it online. You can download. Um, and we recommend it's done as a team with the leadership team. But the, the biggest fear is that you're going to go through this process and then realize you don't have a value proposition or you've got one. It's just really weak. So two of the key tenants that we have about value propositions are that they're differentiated in the market and they're clearly articulated. Um, some other, another tenant is that they're very simple. So I'll give, I'll tell you a quick story. 15 years ago, when I sat down to build our value proposition for our agency, it was like a kick in the stomach. We didn't have one. We, we realized we were just like every other marketing agency. We serviced anybody who would pay us a paycheck. Um, we did any service we could to, to pay the bills. And what we realized is we were just the everything for everybody. So it took us five years to really focus on being unique and building out specific tenants of our value proposition. And today we're very unique. We're very niched. We're very focused on what we do. And that's what led to where we are today. Yeah, but that's, again, being an old salty dog that I am, I've been in, I've been in countless meetings where they start talking about, well, we need, we need a mission and a vision and a, and the value proposition. And, and then, then the, then it wanes. It's just, it doesn't, the energy starts to really, and then being a part of organizations that have multiple efforts or uh, to try to figure that out. This is, this is where I, I find that, it's up to the executives that that C level to drive it to just drive it, and if it doesn't, if that's not being a part of that whole equation, then it's suboptimal at best. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. In fact, I I don't believe that the marketing team is responsible for value proposition. I think the marketing team and the sales team team leaders should demand that there is a well-articulated and differentiated value prop because they'll become more successful. But it's up to the leadership team, the executive team to make sure that you have one and that it's lived in your organization. And to answer your question from earlier, a little bit clearer, your value proposition will change over time, but you need to be very cognizant of it. I'll, I'll tell a quick. You, yeah, go ahead. Tell you a story. I'll, I'll tell a quick story. This is in the book as well. I tell a lot of um, lessons learned in the book. We were working with a uh, group purchasing organization. I won't mention any specific names, but they were a pretty big organization in the manufacturing space. They had like 800 members, and um, they hired us to help them with lead generation for new membership. And I told the owner, I said. I'll be able to tell you within six to nine months, whether you have a marketing issue, a sales issue, or a value prop issue, because the data doesn't lie. Nine months later, we were on the way to their corporate headquarters. I had three members of my team. Uh, their company had, I think, 11 or 10 members. So it was a pretty good sized meeting. And before the meeting even starts, the owner comes in and she slams her book down on the table. She said, Chris, where are all my new members? You said I'd have new members by now. And I, I told her, I said, um, I didn't promise you I'd have you new, new members. I told you I'd tell you whether you had a value prop 
message or sales or marketing issue. And I said, I can tell you with high confidence, you don't, you no longer have a marketing issue. I've got all the data in this file that I'm going to present to you today that shows all your trending KPIs, all the positive things that are happening. I can also tell you that I've been in your CRM and I've seen the follow-up your sales team is doing and they are spot on. They're doing a great job. I go, you have a value proposition issue. It's too difficult to do business with your organization. And I explained the reasons. I found out later that she was pretty upset with me after that meeting because I essentially called her baby ugly. But she listened and we fixed it. Three or four months later, they had the most new members join that they've ever had over that period of time. And then she sold the organization and cashed out um, about a year and a half later. So these things do matter. I mean, and they are really, really important. Yeah. Kudos to, uh, to the, the lady. I mean, it's hard to, yeah. it's yeah. hard to take that, that criticism or that insight, especially when you're, you're so married to it. I would imagine she's all a part of the, the whole older value proposition creation all in her head, that type of thing. What, what made, what made that value proposition? What, what did you do to change it? What, what was the real problem? In their particular case, they had some barriers to entry in order to do business with them and become a member. And a lot of their messaging was around them. And this is very common, Scott, with most companies. They they say what they do. Um, yeah. And, and they position themselves as you know, the company that's going to come in and solve all your problems versus illustrating what you do for your customers, because your customers are the ones that really want to succeed. So we just flipped everything around, removed those barriers, and it changed everything. See, it is so funny. Don't don't make me work harder than I have to. Don't make me expend you know, that intellectual calories, it just, you've got to make it so easy for me. Or I, I was just like, it's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> so there, there's a book. Um, I don't know if you've ever read building a story brand by Donald Miller. Yep. I have it. Yep. So um, he explains this great in his book where he talks about burning brain calories. Yeah. And, and he talks about the hero complex and um, that's kind of what I'm talking about. That's where I got the brain calories. <laughs> Yeah, he's it's a it's a really good book. It is. It really is. It's, it's you got there's so much information out there. I'll tell you, man. I just it's, it's it's something. So, as we go through the pillars, we have got to wrap it up because we're already way. Yeah. It's amazing. So what we have is KPIs. I can see that a lot of effort there, a lot of focus. Must have, must be good. Value proposition, messaging and branding, all there. We've got marketing strategy, the team structure we've got the website the website's huge it's huge. It's, it's it's huge and then uh we've got the analytics technology stack i'll tell you right now i've gone down the technology stack and there are some technologies that i should never have bought but but i did and i don't do it now it's this is one of those live and learns and then finally you've got all of the templates and guides out on your website 
Yep. Everything. There's no excuse for you, listener. <laughs> There's none. I mean, if I can do it, you can do it. How do people get a hold of you? So you can check out uh, g8p.co. That's that's my website. Um, it's a consulting firm um, for manufacturing companies. I also own a marketing agency called syncshow.com. It's S-Y-N-C show.com. Um, and soon to be launched is going to be crispier.com. Uh, so you can hire me for speaking or workshops and consulting. Look at you. A doggone entrepreneur at heart. Look at that. <laughs> I love it. Very good. All right. We're going to have all the contact information for Chris out on Industrial Talk. So fear not. Reach out to him. We're going to also have all the con you know, the links to his book and anything else we can shamelessly backlink to on our website out on Industrial Talk. Thank you very much for joining. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. How about that for a nuts and bolts conversation? Get the book. The great, the great eight pillars. You need to succeed at marketing. And this is just nuts and bolts. It's just what we do. I gravitate toward that shiny object. I know you do too sometimes, but that's what this is all about. Let's get the process solid and our focus right there, man. Get the book. It's all out on Industrial Talk, most definitely. Amazon has it. And reach out to Chris. Make sure that he's a part of your network. All right, we're building that platform, that industrial talk platform. You need to be a part of the ecosystem. You need to be contributing to this ecosystem. Your voice needs to be heard. We've got we've got education opportunities. We've got webcasts. We've got, of course, podcasts, as you know. We have the videos. We have sprints. There is so much information that you can glean from industrial talk and delivered by the incredible individuals that are in industry. So uh, the music just ran out. Uh, what can technology all right be bold be brave dare greatly hang out with chris hang out with his team and you will change the world we're gonna have another great conversation shortly